So all day long on the news, I see rockets flying all over the place. Uh, they're debating things at the 1995 summit, and this happened. And can we talk big picture, all right? Big picture about what's going on, what's happening, and what's about to happen. This is a battle between good and evil. Israel, the good guys. Hamas, Islamic-based terrorism, Iran, the bad guys, all right? It's very, very straightforward. And take a look at this. The map of the Middle East, all right? This is where it's all happening. Notice how big the Middle East is and how small Israel is. Israel is about the size of New Jersey, and they won't even let them have that land in peace. How about that? Huh? Talk about anti-Semitism. All right, Israel, also a pretty tiny place. What is it? Uh, 263 miles long, 71 miles wide. 9.1 million people live there, and basically half the Middle East at least wants it gone. Now, Gaza, where this attack originated uh, in the hand of, uh, hands of uh, Hamas, is very, very small. It's about twice the size, roughly, of Washington, D.C. Two million people live there or so, uh, seven miles wide, wow, 25 miles long. And it's run by Hamas, these crazy terrorists who want Israel off the map. They've been recognized as a terrorist organization, a terrorist state, essentially, since, uh, what, the late 1990s. All kinds of money from Iran and other sources. And Sharia law prevails there. You steal something, you get your hand cut off. You, uh, you fool around with the wrong person, they'll stone you to death. This is a bad, bad place. I've actually been there. There are about maybe 33 nice people in the entire strip. Everybody else, uh, ooh, and they're in big trouble. What they did. Now, we have to take another step back. Iran funding Hamas, all right? Iran, the Islamic State of Iran, the theocracy of Iran. And, well, the place is run by lunatics, and it has been run by lunatics since... Well, 1979, that was the revolution. Who remembers? The first thing they did, they took our guys hostage, right? All those hostages kept for 444 days. Jimmy Carter's presidency, he could not handle it. Terrible, terrible leadership. But since then, <laughs> Iran has not reformed in any way. More recently, 2023, here they are whipping somebody almost to death in the middle of the town square. You can drop by Iranian parliament every now and then, see them yelling death to America. And yes, we essentially just gave them $6 billion back for freeing five hostages. That puts a lot of people in danger. You can't do it. Oh, that was Iran's money. Well, all right, it's a bit more complicated than that and a bit more simple. We freed up $6 billion for them to spend. Who told us they'd be spending that money, some of the money freed up on terrorism? Last August, Donald Trump. Crooked Joe Biden just agreed to pay a $6 billion ransom to the Iranian dictatorship in exchange for hostages. This is yet another Biden surrender and a further blistering humiliation of the United States of America. This decision will be extremely deadly. Biden is giving $6 billion to the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism. Biden's ransom payment will be immediately used to stoke violence, bloodshed, and mayhem throughout the Middle East and all around the world, costing countless innocent lives. It's doing just that. He totally nails it. He's always right. Meanwhile, Fox News once again 
totally blowing it, taking the word for it from the bad guys and the spin from the Biden team. The money came from Iranian oil sales to South Korea and did not include U.S. taxpayer dollars. NSC spokesperson Adrian Watson said in a statement, quote, not a single cent from these funds has been spent. And when it is spent, it can only be spent on things like food and medicine for the Iranian people. These funds have absolutely nothing to do with the horrific attacks today. And this is not the time to spread disinformation. Nothing to see here whatsoever. Uh, some government official just told us that, and we repeat it here on Fox News. What has become of that place? It is common sense. Let's say you have $1,000 and you find out you're about to inherit $1,000. You might spend the $1,000 you have a little bit more freely, knowing that you're going to get $1,000 down the road. Gaza, they've been planning this thing for a long time, recently got the green light from Iran, according to the Wall Street Journal. And what was the first wave of this attack? It, it's, it's devastating, but at the same time, kind of puny. I mean, look at the tools that they're using. This thing, it's not exactly a fighter jet. It's some sort of paraglider uh, with a giant fan, but you get two guys with a machine gun and look at what they put together here. So this is the uh, Hamas Air Force. They kind of jerry-rigged uh, lawnmowers. All right, kind of clever. But what did they do with them? Hmm? Where did they go? What was their first target? Uh, Israeli intelligence, some, uh, I don't know, troop barracks? A bunch of teenagers at a concert. That's what they hit first. Here they come with their flying lawnmowers, about to end the poor innocent people, their lives. They're having the time of their life. What kind of, what kind of people, they're not people, who target a concert? Remember that guy who opened fire in Las Vegas, right? That's what these people did. It's unthinkable. Uh, people fled. It was horrible. But some could not get away and were taken hostage by these madmen militants. Beautiful girl, who knows where she is tonight, this guy. And look at the, look at the, uh, the soldiers, right? Ragtag, right? Wearing baseball caps and T-shirts. Who are these people? These are terrorists, absolutely terrorists. And we have more of this on the other side. Maybe you've seen uh, as they throw these women, mostly women, in the back of trucks. And turn up the volume. These... Uh, these guys can't seem to organize much of anything. Watch. What are they yelling and screaming at as they abduct this poor young girl? They're just totally beside themselves and yelling and screaming, and they can't figure out how to drive that car. I don't know. I find that just pathetic. It's all pathetic and horrible, totally horrible. These rockets that Hamas has, they are potentially deadly. How do they get them? How did, what kind of rockets are these? They're actually kind of small. Sometimes I hear reports, well, they aren't capable of doing too much damage. But then I see actually the debris and <laughs> thousands of these little rockets can do a lot of damage. How do these rockets get in? 
to Gaza, which basically has no industry whatsoever. Uh, I think we have to look to Iran for uh, more information. So they fired them from uh, Gaza, hit targets in Israel. The Iron Dome, though, uh, was excellent. You've heard of the Iron Dome. How does it work? Well, you see those little flashes? Those are Israeli missiles destroying Hamas missiles in flight. They're launched from this American-made uh, weapon system. It's the Iron Dome, and it works beautifully. But uh, so much damage has been done, and Israel is on the verge. It could be happening any moment. could be happening right now of a massive ground retaliatory strike. Uh, they've also been pounding uh, targets from the air. Now, troops are amassing on the border, poised to enter Gaza. It's going to be very tricky. Uh, we believe that Hamas has been preparing for this for some time. It is ludicrous that the United States wasn't able to detect this ahead of time. More on that in a bit. Uh, but it's going to be very tough in there. The hostages are being kept underground. How do you take back, how, how do you get the bad guys and protect the good guys, the hostages, at the same time? You know who's been totally useless and has made the world so unsafe? Our president. You know, when I spoke with Prime Minister Netanyahu this morning, I told him the United States stands with the people of Israel in the face of these terrorist assaults. Israel has the right to defend itself and its people. Full stop. Uh, you know, you can talk tough, uh, Joe, now. He actually said nothing today. They didn't wake him up when the war started. He wakes up at 7.30, and he puts this uh, statement together. It may sound great, but you got to realize he created the conditions for this to happen. And he's tempering his remarks. He's being careful because he's got the squad to worry about. Yeah, AOC, Tlaib, uh, Ilan Omar, and the rest. What you're looking at right now is the heart and soul of the Democrat Party. They are the ideological center. Elon Omar, rabid anti-Semite, a Jew hater. Same goes for Tlaib. They've said it out loud, and Joe Biden has done everything he can to win these people over. Actually, he showed up in Michigan once, and Tlaib basically chewed him out. By all accounts, he was she was the boss of this conversation. And Joe was so eager to ingratiate himself, he seemed to be taking the side of someone known to sympathize and root for terrorists. I'm Rashid Talib, where's Rashid? I tell you what, Rashid, I want to say to you that uh, I admire your intellect, I admire your passion, and I admire your concern for so many other people. And it's my, from my heart, I pray that your grandmom and family are well. I promise you I'm going to do everything to see that they are on the West Bank. You're a fighter, and God, thank you for being a fighter. Uh, talking about uh, people in the West Bank and praising them as fighters, that just might be some sort of weird code that I'm with you. I'm with your side. You know, why be president of the United States as a Democrat if you have to suck up to these radicals like AOC and the rest? AOC, yeah, you have to. She will throw a tantrum. She will go viral. They are so scared of her. We saw another great, I think this is what they call a tell, you know, how somebody really feels, Obama. Obama didn't say anything about this until, well, 
about two hours ago. He puts up a statement saying all the right things, but two days late. Yeah, I know. We are outraged, okay? We are. But you seem to uh, not be very vocal about it. And you've been kind of weird on the Middle East and apologizing for America and all that stuff. I wonder if he just spoke his mind, how ugly it would really sound. In the meantime, uh, Joe Biden's crack staff, like this guy who should have been fired as soon as Afghanistan happened. I mean, he sounds like the captain of the Titanic. You know, icebergs? We haven't seen any icebergs in a long time, not in a year. Uh, listen to this. The Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades. Now, challenges remain. Iran's nuclear weapons program, the tensions between Israelis and Palestinians. But the amount of time that I have to spend on crisis and conflict in the Middle East today compared to any of my predecessors going back to 9-11 is significantly reduced. <laughs> That's the problem. It wasn't. You should have been. You should have been working a lot harder, right? The captain of the Titanic. We haven't seen any icebergs around here in <laughs> right before the ship sinks. And Tony Blinken, the secretary of state that this guy, John McCain, warned us about this guy being a threat to national security. He was that incompetent. And that was in 2014 when he issued that warning. Things have not changed. Do you acknowledge that both Israeli intelligence officials and U.S. intelligence officials were caught off guard here? This is an attack that I don't think anyone saw coming in the um, uh, in the immediate. So was it an intelligence uh, failure, said, Mr. Secretary? Uh, this, Do you acknowledge it was an intelligence failure? We will have failure? plenty. We will. Ha we will have plenty of time to. Uh, the Israelis will have plenty of time to look into that. Uh, all of us will have time to look into that. The focus now has to be on making sure that Israel has what it needs to deal with this attack. Uh, yeah, we know that. I'm sorry. Um, it's American intelligence that I'm concerned. You know, we have the CIA, we have the NSA, we have the DIA. We've got all these three-letter agencies and satellites and people and spies, and we could not figure this out. It's like WMD in Iraq. This guy is personally, he's just, he's not up to it, right? Can you see? Everything's a question. Everything, he's like, hello? Hello? Watch. What do you say about the argument that money is fungible? So Iran may have known this money is coming and used other funds to help fund this attack that happened. Iran has, ha Iran has unfortunately always used and focused its funds on supporting terrorism, on supporting groups like, uh, like Hamas. Uh, and it's done that when there have been sanctions. It's done that when there haven't been sanctions. And it's always prioritized that. They've always supported Hamas. They've always supported terrorism. Uh, maybe we shouldn't be signing nuclear deals with them because they are evil, right? They're pursuing a nuclear weapon. Everybody seems to know that. This individual is the one who coordinated the letter claiming that Hunter's laptop was Russia disinformation. Yeah, Tony Blinken. Now, one thing about this war, it should be a reminder to everybody that we can't be silly. We can't be out there, the Democrats, pretending that white supremacy is a thing and a threat to democracy when it's a joke. It's bad, but it's a joke. January 6th, right? That guy with the hat. Broken windows. Give me a break. There are real things that threaten America. And it's not that stuff. Now, we put this side by side. I think this kind of illustrates it. Don't you think? I said last year, especially to our younger transgender Americans, I'll always have your back as your president so you can be yourself and reach your God-given potential. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that as 
a police officer, as a law enforcement officer, I would find myself in the middle of a battle. What we saw on January 6th was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. It's upsetting. It's a pathetic excuse for his behavior for something that he himself helped to create, this monstrosity. I'm still recovering from those hugs and kisses that day. One of the greatest threats to our national security is domestic terrorism manifested by white supremacists. It's funny in a way, but it's actually tragic and sad and dangerous, that kind of rhetoric. And this is America, all right? These are not white supremacy rallies. These are wannabe jihadists or genuine jihadists. Some of these people may have come from the southern border, totally unvetted, huge demonstrations in support of what's happening, in support of what Hamas and Iran have done in America. Terrorism is a very, very real threat, and uh, we just do not have the people in charge to protect us. We've got to make a change. And I'll be right back. Hey, Joe Biden uh, had a meet with a prosecutor two days, sat down and asked all kinds, answered all kinds of questions about those secret documents that he squirreled away at his, uh, let's see, his house in Delaware, his office in Washington, D.C. We're told that this was a voluntary interview with uh, the special investigator here, a guy named Robert Herr. It's amazing. You know, it's like shot by your own gun. They went after Donald Trump, who had every right in the world to those uh, formerly classified documents as a former president, as a sitting president, as a president. Former, you have special status. It's under the Presidential Records Act. As a former vice president, Joe had no right to have documents in his house from 1974, classified documents. So we just found out that he, uh, he met with the person investigating that. I'm sure they're still trying to hook up Joe. Uh, all right, also, this happened today. This country is ready for a history-making change. They're ready, they are ready to reclaim their freedom their independence. And and that's why I'm here today. I'm here to declare myself an independent candidate. Hey, how about that? Uh, Running as an independent, I am told the pollsters say that this will hurt uh, Joe Biden. Donald Trump, there are lots of things we like about Robert F. Kennedy. He's good on the vaccine. You know, he's good on the deep state. He knows all about the deep state. Uh, But he is still a liberal Democrat and a little bit too much on the sun, huh? Uh, Anyway, uh, Joe Biden is uh, very, very afraid of this guy, and he probably should be. Hey, have you heard about this? Uh, Somehow not having a Speaker of the House for like uh, two and a half minutes brought on the catastrophe in Israel? If we can't get our house in order and elect a speaker, uh, then Israel is at risk. There has been no speaker of the house. The chamber is paralyzed with the com- with the crisis unfolding in Israel. Because there is no speaker, they are not able to introduce any pieces of legislation, not just with regard to Israel. All right. It's no big deal. They're going to figure it out. Uh, I still. However, I will say this. Kevin McCarthy, actually, he's no longer the speaker, but he had some pretty tough things to say today. Look, Joe Biden didn't say anything out loud. We needed somebody to say some stuff, and he did 
and he was pretty good. The number one threat killing Americans is terrorism. The number one threat is an open border. We need an immediate assessment of our own areas of weakness and a glaring weakness in our own southern border. We know that individuals on the terrorist watch list has crossed Biden's open border. Who are these people? Who are they in contact with? And what are their plans to here in America? He was good. He talked about anti-Semitism that he's had to confront in members in the House of Representatives and a couple of other things. And look at our border. All kinds of crazy people that we don't know about are coming into our country, including terrorists. We don't have time to be messing around with transgender and LGBT queer stuff. Uh, you know, government is not supposed to be involved in any of that. All right. We've got more important things to do. And don't forget, Afghanistan, the way we got out of Afghanistan, told the whole world, everybody from Vladimir Putin to those hideous terrorists in Gaza, that they can do pretty much anything they want. We'll be right back with the man who said, no, you can't do anything you want on our watch. Robert O'Brien, the former national security advisor to Donald Trump. Be right back. Real heroes. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now there's a place America gets its news. No agenda. Just the facts. Newsmax. Real news for real people. All right, so we saw a massive retaliation today from the skies uh, over Israel, pounding Gaza, ground target, targets there. Uh, and it looks like a massive ground invasion could be happening imminently if it hasn't started already. Does anybody have any doubt that this would not have happened if President Trump were still in office? I mean, Joe Biden, the weakness that we can all see. Uh, him personally and our catastrophic losses in Afghanistan. We have no border. Uh, these massive giveaways to Iran. I know a lot of people, <laughs> tens of millions of people would prefer Donald Trump in the Oval Office right now and certainly in the Situation Room. Uh, do you remember their no-nonsense uh, national security team? Donald Trump was flanked by his national security advisor, Robert O'Brien, who joins us once again. Uh, welcome back, Mr. O'Brien. Uh, I really don't think this would have happened with you guys in, still in power. What are your thoughts this evening? Well, it's heartbreaking what's happening in Israel and our prayers and our thoughts go out to the people there. I mean, the beheadings, the, the brutality, the slaughter of elderly and young and, and teenagers. I mean, this is the, like ISIS at the height of the caliphate. And uh, it, it's, it's even over the line for the Iranians who, who sponsored it. But going back to your point, Greg, you know, when we left office in January 20th, the world was at peace. And what's happened since? Afghanistan had a catastrophic, catastrophic withdrawal. We had Russia invade Ukraine. We've now had Iran basically through Hamas invade Israel. I'm, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop in Taiwan with the Chinese before they get on the action. It's one of the axis of evil. We've got North Korea testing missiles again. We've got a war in Azerbaijan and Armenia. We've got Serbia and Kosovo where we had a peace treaty uh, ready to go to blows. I mean, it's amazing that it got this bad this fast. I mean, we know that weakness is provocative. I used to tell that to my staff at the NSC all the time. And we know that peace through strength works. But, man, we've got we to change something very quickly to protect America and our allies. Sir, you were the point man on uh, hostages in the Trump administration before you became national security advisor. 
about 200 are being kept, we believe, underground in Gaza. Uh, how do you begin to get them out? What are, what are the prospects for those poor people? Well, the prospects are a little rough right now. I mean, they're being held by the, the most evil, dastardly folks that you could imagine. I mean, these are people that slaughtered grandmothers in front of their grandkids, slaughtered teenagers at a party. Uh, I mean, this is, they're being held by, by, ty by just despotic, tyrannical uh, terrorists. And so we, we need to pray for them, number one. Number two, we need to send a message to the, Iranian, the Iranians. This is what President Trump did when, when Iran started to get out of control. He sent very clear messages to the Iranians that we'd retaliate. This is now, we're concerned about all the hostages, of course, Greg, but, but this is now not just about Israel and Hamas and Iran. It's about the United States and Iran and Hamas because they've got U.S. citizens. And, and we need to send a message to the Iranian dictators, to the Ayatollahs and the Mullahs, that we're going to hold them personally responsible uh, for, for everything that they're, they're doing. And if these Americans aren't released soon, uh, they're going to they're be liable themselves for any retaliation for the death of our hostages. This is an outrage. You were on duty, I believe, as National Security Advisor when the Trump administration took out General Soleimani, a very bad, uh, basically, basically a terrorist who worked for the Iranians. He was in Iraq. You guys took him out with some sort of precision strike. And uh, bizarrely, uh, the media and Democrats were giving you a hard time about it. Take a look at this. Killing Soleimani would not have stopped an imminent attack any more than, I guess, killing Eisenhower would have stopped D-Day. Is it safer today or was it safer before Soleimani was killed? Just, just speaking today in terms of those Americans. Yeah, it was safer before Soleimani was killed. They don't defend Soleimani, but they also don't think that a president should be an imperial president and just assassinate people whenever he damn well feels like it when there's not an imminent threat. Uh, when, when you see that, I mean, this guy was the worst of the worst. I have a feeling uh, a, a show of strength goes a long way in the Middle East. I've just heard that before. What do you make of that reaction and compare it to what you're hearing now? Well, look, what we see now is uh, the apologists for, uh, for Hamas and for Iran. I mean, the first reaction of the U.S. Embassy in Tel Aviv, in, in, well, Jerusalem now, I'm surprised the Biden administration hasn't moved it back to Tel Aviv, but the first reaction was to call for Israeli restraint while the terrorist attacks were going on, while, while people were being slaughtered in Surat and, and towns around Gaza, and, and women and children were being dragged from their homes. The first response of the American embassy, it's now been taken down, was to call on, for restraint on Israel. This is not a time for Israeli restraint. The, their enemies have exposed themselves for who they are. Right. Uh, they're, they're terrible terrorists, uh, the, the most barbaric. Uh, this isn't war, this is barbarism. And, and we need to stand beside Israel. We, we're standing beside Ukraine for a year and a half, rightly so, and I'm, I've been in favor of that. We may have to stand behind Israel for a year and a half or two years, and we need to get Israel as much equipment as they need, just as we're supporting Ukraine. This, so this could be a long war, it could involve Hezbollah, but ultimately this is being driven by Tehran, and uh, its goal for regional hegemony, that wants to break up the Abraham Accords, which we negotiated. And it, remember, it wants to destroy the state of Israel. And break up the Abraham. Israel. Sorry, break up the Abraham Accords. That's the strategic goal here, the normalization of relations with Israel and Arab states, correct? A absolutely, because the, the Israelis and the, the Gulf Arabs together form a united front against Iran and its, its, its ambitions in the region. They want to break that up. They want to keep Saudi out of the Abraham Accords, and that's why they launched this attack.
Well, Robert O'Brien, thank you very much. We wish very much you're on duty right now, but uh, let's see what happens in the future. Thank you, sir, and we'll be right back. Crooked Joe Biden just agreed to pay a $6 billion ransom to the Iranian dictatorship in exchange for hostages. This is yet another Biden surrender and a further blistering humiliation of the United States of America. This decision will be extremely deadly. Biden is giving $6 billion to the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism. Biden's ransom payment will be immediately used to stoke violence, bloodshed, and mayhem throughout the Middle East and all around the world, costing countless innocent lives. Incredible. He's always right. Always right. And a man who is by his side throughout the administration, Rick Grinnell, Newsmax senior national security analyst, former acting director of national intelligence under President Trump and former ambassador to Germany under President Trump. Rick Grinnell joins us once again. Rick, uh, it really is heartbreaking what's happening over there. Your uh, your thoughts this evening and, and what do you think is going to happen next? Look, Greg, I'm, I'm struck with the fact that Donald Trump uh, did a whole bunch of things and never had a war. Let's go through them. He got us out of the JCPOA, the Iran deal. No war. He moved our embassy to Jerusalem. No war. We did maximum sanctions campaign, international sanctions campaign against the Iranian regime. No war. He took out Qasem Soleimani and al-Baghdadi. No war. He recognized Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights, no war. And those are all big, bold moves, which shows leadership. And Biden comes in and immediately uh, changes the entire policy. Bloomberg News reported in August of this year that the Biden administration was really proud of the fact that they were publicly making friends with Iran easing the sanctions and helping Iran sell uh, some of their oil by looking the other way. Uh, that, that is weakness. And President Trump is exactly right. His August 17th statement was uh, a warning that was completely ignored. And I think that most people can see that strength from America is what keeps the world calm. Not necessarily wars and military plans, but all of Europe should be looking at uh, Donald Trump and saying, wow, he was so much better. Look at the war in Ukraine. Middle East now completely uh, with Israel being attacked. The Balkans, uh, you see Taiwan is very nervous. I don't think there's a part of the world, Greg, not a single part of the world that is better off under Joe Biden. You know, there's weakness and also I think a lot of stupidity I mean, Iran, I remember as a kid, you know, the Iranian hostages um, and Iran has not reformed since then. I know there have been a few moderate clerics, but, you know, they're back to whipping and stoning people in the streets. Uh, they are unquestionably funding terror all over the world. And uh, we believe them. <laughs> Biden believes them when they say we're not going to pursue a nuclear weapon. What is it with this administration and Iran? Why would they... Are they blind? Are they stupid? Is something else going on? Why this wannabe coziness? 
I think they don't understand what's happening in the real world. It's an academic exercise for them. Uh, look, Donald Trump was willing to use all of the different tools of the U.S. government. Sometimes he engaged, like with North Korea, where he went to Kim Jong-un and said, hey, let, let's talk. That worked. Sometimes he isolated with Iran. That worked. Uh, he used tariffs uh, as a weapon and really, uh, really manipulated the Chinese into submission in many ways. And I will say this, when Pastor Brunson was taken as a hostage, what did President Trump do? He told the Turks, I will ruin your economy if you don't return the guy. They returned the guy. I mean, my point, Greg, is, is that he was willing to do engagement, sanctions, isolation, whatever it took, tariffs, all the tools. And I don't think that Joe Biden understands what needs to be done in a negotiation. Donald Trump is a master negotiator. Yeah, he understands power. Joe Biden doesn't. He's a legislator, always asking people, doing favors, asking for favors. He's uh, he's totally outclassed. Hey, I think that the national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, will not be able to survive this thing. Shooting his mouth off at some seminar, uh, the most naive guy in the world. I've been running this by our guests. I'd love to get your take. Let's go ahead with uh, that clip, please. And the Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades. Now, challenges remain. Iran's nuclear weapons program, the tensions between Israelis and Palestinians. But the amount of time that I have to spend on crisis and conflict in the Middle East today compared to any of my predecessors going back to 9-11 is significantly reduced. You know, I know he went to uh, all the right schools and all that stuff, but this seems dangerously out of touch, uh, Mr. Ambassador. I'm struck with how uh, the Atlantic CEO and editor just sits there and doesn't push back on any of this. It's just a cheerleading session, groupthink. Uh, look, the reality is, is that he completely missed it because they were planning an attack on Israel. And he saw that as some sort of a quiet period that was a positive. Uh, this is an academic guy. He, he just doesn't get it. But I, I don't think they're going to let him go, Greg, because if you let the Secretary of State continue on with his music diplomacy and culinary diplomacy and uh, art and embassies program with no peace plan for Ukraine, you certainly aren't going to fire the national security advisor. Well, maybe something will happen and the president will have to go. We'll see. Stay tuned. Rick Grinnell, we appreciate it so much. Uh, hoping you get back in there with Trump. All right. Uh, to be continued, sir. And we'll be right back. So what were these people in Gaza thinking, these terrorists? Uh, the Israeli army is one of the best in the world, and they are fighting for their homeland. Uh, the retaliation, as they're seeing and will see even more, is beyond anything they can handle. It's, uh, it's going to be very, very intense. Hey, Secretary of State Blinken, Tony Blinken, appears to be, in my opinion, at his very, very weakest. This guy is, he's just not cut out for the job. Our next guest is, however, Senator Pete Ricketts is on the Senate Foreign Affairs Committee. And uh, sooner or later, Blinken will be before that committee. And uh, <laughs> we got lots of questions. Anyway, Senator Ricketts, welcome to Newsmax. How are you, sir? And uh, what are your thoughts tonight? Thank you very much for having me on. And of course, first of all, we want to 
let the people of Israel know that they're in our thoughts and prayers, and we offer our deepest condolences for all the families who have lost a loved one. Over 700 Israelis have been killed. We know there's families out there who have their, their children, their, their brothers, their sisters, their aunts, uncles, moms, dads, grandparents that are being held captive right now in Gaza. And of course, Americans have been killed, and we, we believe Americans are also being held captive. So this directly involves our country. And we want them to know that we stand with them in solidarity. We must make sure that Israel is supported. They are our strongest ally in the region. They're the only democracy in the region. It's a tough, tough uh, neighborhood. And we can see that from this barbarous and savage attack that Hamas is a terrorist organization and they're being funded by a terrorist state, Iran. So this is something that involves us directly. Okay, sir. Um, I would like to play this uh, little soundbite that's been making the rounds today. The, for, the, the present National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, it really is uh, quite a moment here. This is from about six weeks ago. Take a look. The Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades. Now, challenges remain. Iran's nuclear weapons program, the tensions between Israelis and Palestinians. But the amount of time that I have to spend on crisis and conflict in the Middle East today compared to any of my predecessors going back to 9-11 is significantly reduced. What you see here is the incompetence of the Biden administration. And this demonstrates either they're very naive or they're very ignorant, because nobody could say that with a straight face and believe it, based upon what Iran is doing right now. And of course, now we know the Wall Street Journal broke the story over the weekend that Iran and the Revolutionary Guards were helping to plot this attack. They're helping to fund it. And all the same time, while the Biden administration is in secret negotiations, to give Iran $6 billion. This is just unconscionable. It just shows how incompetent the Biden administration is, how foolish they are. We in Congress will step up if the Biden administration will not. I'm working with my team to introduce an amendment to defund the Palestinian Authority. Either they're a real government and needs to be held accountable, uh, either way, or they're not a real government, they shouldn't get our taxpayer dollars. Either way, we shouldn't be funding an enemy of one of our allies right now at this time. And then we also need to be stopping the $6 billion that's in Qatar that the president allowed to leave South Korea. And Marshall Blackburn is leading the, lead, uh, is leading the charge on that. We'll try to undo some of the damage the Biden administration has done. But frankly, this all started with their, their just disastrous pullout of Afghanistan and the message of weakness this has sent. But your, you know, your previous uh, commentator, uh, Robert O'Brien, was talking about when you show weakness from the United States, all these bad things happen. And for Jake Sullivan to say it's quieter now than ever is just really, you know, whistling past the graveyard. Uh, understood, Senator. Um, what can I, I feel like somebody should be defunded here, I, State Department or something. Can I ask you, how do these rockets get into Ga Gaza? They don't have a rocket making factory there. 5,000 or so, 6,000, thousands upon thousands of rockets. This is a real ragtag group. They don't even have uniforms. How do they get all this hardware? Yeah, and this gets back to, again, the encompass of the Biden administration to allow this to go on. But, you know, we know who the actor that is funding all this is. This is Iran. And they are the ones that are arranging for these weapons to get in. Of course, we also have reports that some of the equipment we left behind in Afghanistan is also getting to Gaza. And so it's being smuggled in. Of course, we need to stop this from happening, but we've got to 
a very sophisticated state actor in Iran that is our enemy, that is funding this, that is supplying the arms to uh, terrorist groups like Hamas. You know, we need to really support Israel in shutting all of this down. All right. And what about this real quick? <laughs> our own intelligence agencies, we've got satellites, we've got spies, we've got the CIA, the DIA, the NSA. And for us to not, with all of our resources and assets, not to know about this thing ahead of time, that is insane. Right, Senator? Yeah, absolutely. This is a huge intelligence failure uh, on our part. Uh, certainly, I think there's going to be a lot of questions asked of the Israelis with regard to how did they miss this. You know, this is really their 9-11. And that's uh, one of the things that uh, we've got to get to the bottom of is how do we miss this? How do we not know about this? When we do know, again, from some of the reporting that's gone on, that Iran was behind it. But if that's the case, why didn't we have a better knowledge of this ahead of time? And again, it gets back to the whole Palestinian Authority as well. There's no way they didn't know that this was going to happen. And yet they did nothing to prevent it from happening, which means they're culpable as well, which is, again, why we needed to fund the Palestinian Authority. And, you know, there's no reason for American taxpayer dollars to be funding a government organization that's allowing a barbaric and savage attacks like this with from Hamas. I mean, these, these people are killing, gunning down senior citizens at bus stops. They're raping women. They're kidnapping children. There is no... Uh, problem seeing who are the good guys in this scenario, who is on the side of right. And we need to take all the steps we can to hold uh, the perpetrators of this accountable. Senator Pete Ricketts, Republican of Nebraska. Thank you, sir, very much. And we'll be right back. Thank you very much. Hey, the Chris Plant Show, The Squad with Chris Plant is next. Great show. And I'll be back here tomorrow. All the best.